Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, senior editor at Billboard and big Broadway fan here. So it's been a little over a year since Dear Evan Hansen opened on Broadway and became the biggest sensation in musical theater since Hamilton. The story of a painfully awkward high school outcast who spins what seems like a small lie into a story that alters the lives of everyone around him has, in a sort of real-life plot twist parallel to that of the show, gone totally viral. The show took home a boatload of awards at this past year's Tonys, including Best Musical, Best Book, Best Original Score, and of course, Best Performance by an actor in a leading role for the original Evan Hansen, Ben Platt. Really, since the show opened off-Broadway, for those of us who saw it back then, I think at least one question on the mind of anyone who witnessed Platt's performance was, what is going to happen when someday this guy leaves the show? He gave a performance that was iconic, that he'll be remembered for for the rest of his life, I'm sure. Uh, He's on stage practically nonstop. He really seemed like the glue that held the show together, much like Lin-Manuel Miranda did in Hamilton. But this is kind of tale as old as time on Broadway. Eventually, a star or the stars of an original cast will leave, and the show goes on and has to evolve. In the case of Dear Evan Hansen, happily, the entire original cast is still performing, including two of my guests on the podcast today, Will Rowland and Laura Dreyfus. But Platt did leave the show a few weeks ago, and the new Evans uh, were announced a little while ago. First, Noah Galvin, who is maybe best known for having recently starred in the ABC series The Real O'Neills, and after Galvin, Taylor Trench, who's currently in Hello, Dolly! on Broadway. At the time that I taped this podcast, I hadn't yet seen Galvin in the show, but now that I have, I have to say that anyone mourning Platt's departure has nothing to fear and, in fact, a lot to look forward to in seeing new actors interpret this incredibly complex role. Galvin is not only more than capable of the physical and vocal challenges of this part, he's bringing something very new and different to it that still leaves the audience in audible sobs at the end, including myself. So I'm thrilled that I got to chat with him, along with Will and Laura, about how a show like Dear Evan Hansen adjusts to a changing cast and the excitement of moving into a new chapter of Dear Evan Hansen. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, and when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. So let the sun come streaming in, cause you'll reach up and you'll rise again. Lift your head and look around. Hello, people. Hello. Hello. Uh, Who are you (laughs) sitting in this library Um, with me? (laughs) I'm Noah Galvin. I am the current Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen. I'm Laura Dreyfus. I'm the current Zoe (laughs) Moe. Whoops. (laughs) I'll try that again. I'm Laura Dreyfus, and I am the current Zoe Murphy and Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, and I am Will Rowland, and I am the uh, the temporary and fleeting Jared Kleinman in Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> such a liar. Yeah. I'll be but there forever. I'll be there till I'm old. <laughs> temporary, fleeting, and with wonderful NPR voice as well. I yeah. think of the yeah, three you of you. Like that? You like that? I heard that. <laughs> it's not a great job these Hot. days. They're dropping like flies. It means there's openings. Well, this is this is the second appearance of Dear Evan Hansen on the podcast, which is a first for any show on the podcast. Wow. Um, so What's this is first? Dear Evan Hansen, part two. Um, Benj and Justin and oh, Rachel. I think Oop. I know. And Mike. Never heard of him. <laughs> Mr. Michael Feist. Uh, yes. Him. Tony nominee, Mike Feist. Yeah, yes. who could forget? Mm. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it was a fun time. So you have a lot to live up to. Oh, great. But it should awesome. be fine. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I am. Uh, I saw the show off Broadway. I've seen it on Broadway. I haven't seen it with you yet, but that's happening in a couple of days. I'm very excited. Um, and I, Laura, I actually knew you before the show from What's It All About? <gasps> One of my What's favorite shows that I will never, I will never leave the cause of trying to get that show to Broadway. I love that. Oh, um, that's so funny. Yeah, so I was a fan of yours from that. But um, you all have sort of interesting paths to Broadway that I don't think are like necessarily typical, like ingenue on the way kind of paths. Um, and you all have really unique voices. So for people who have not seen you in shows before, I would love to just hear a little bit about like where did you come from? What was your path to Dear Evan Hansen in the first place? I'll start. Yeah, you start. Um, since I was the first one here to Dare Evan Hansen. Um, so I uh, I like to do, I'm like very passionate about new musicals and new musical theater. Um, and I, new musicals. I, I got an audition in the summer of 2014 for the, uh, the then untitled Pasek Paul Levinson Project, which was abbreviated as the PPL Project. Mm. Um, and it was like a week-long reading, and I, I auditioned for it and, and, and got it. And here we are, four years later, and that's the whole story. <laughs> I also, I also will say that I had that same audition for Derek Kleinman, um, and I did not get it. There's that's a lot funny. of actors better than me who did not get this role, and I'll, st- I'll never figure it out because no one can be you, Will. That's right, singularity. <laughs> um, well, I, I started uh, to get to Broadway. I, uh, I auditioned for the national tour of Hair, um, which I did on the road, um, but then the production went to Broadway for the summer so my Broadway debut was actually that production which was kind of cool because I'd already been doing the show for like a year um but yeah that was that for me well that's interesting to hear Noah because I feel like when new people come into big Broadway roles from the outside it can seem like they were just like plucked from you know like this the ether sphere <laughs> to like ha, do this role ha, but ha, so many people ha. start in workshops and really <laughs> have been with the show for a long time so yeah. what was your story exactly my story i guess with this show in particular i uh well I, i've been in the new york theater community for a very long time my home was like weird off broadway uh, a lot of new york theater workshop a lot of like rattlestick uh some signatures some playwrights horizons um and it took me going to LA being on a TV show in order to get to Broadway um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know Ben Platts is is a close friend of mine and I, I visited him in DC and that's where I met these folks actually me and Will did a reading of a musical together which we've all been we've been replaced by children actual children because <laughs> yeah. we were we playing were playing children, children. <laughs> <laughs> was, they were like here's an idea yeah, yeah. yeah. they've got real kiddos to yeah. do all the work that we figured out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess I met I met Laura when I I went to D.C. to visit them and see the show in D.C. when it was at a, a um, it was at Arena yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know I got to see it off Broadway and then when I saw it on Broadway the night that I went on Broadway um, when I was picking up my tickets at Will Call I got a call from the producers of my TV show that had, they told me my show had been canceled um, and so the first time seeing it on Broadway I got to like sit down with this. Uh, with this like news just sitting with me and I sort of got to see the show in a whole new light and let it wash over me. It's a lot of emotion. In one it night. is a lot of emotion. Wow. But it was very cathartic <laughs> and I was allowed to cry in public it was and it a wasn't lot of weird. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it feels very beautiful and full circle that this is the my next gig. 
So how did you go from being considered for Jared to being actually cast as Evan? The rumor is that's the only way you play Evan. The rumor was that, like originally they were like Ben Platt would be a great Jared, and then like, no, that's like is that true. true? That's yeah, that's true. true. They really? thought he was it's in the book. Jared. It's in the coffee table book. Yeah, if you read the coffee table book, I have through the, the coffee window, table book. But on I Amazon, waving through the window, I think through the window, through the window. Sorry, yeah, it's on Amazon. <laughs> it's on my desk right now. Great Christmas gift. Yeah, a lot of great pictures by Matthew Murphy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, and a little annotated script. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all stuff there's said there's cut content in there. I'm just selling the hell out of the book. <laughs> right <now>. Information. Yeah. <laughs> but we digress. You were saying no. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I guess that sort of was my journey. It, it it sort of came about. I I auditioned initially, and I guess that was my first like real audition for Michael Greif and and Benj and Justin. Um, and they were like, you know, you're just not like right for any of these characters, but like, good on you, great audition. I was like, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and then I went, uh, I went off to LA to do my show, and Ben sort of told me, uh, actually, the night that my show had gotten canceled that I saw it on Broadway, he was like, you know, they're just starting to look for my replacement. W- is that something you'd be interested in? And I was like, you know, talk me up. We'll see. I don't know if I'd necessarily, if that's something I'd want. It's it's a you know, a hell of a role very taxing emotionally and vocally and physically. Um, I didn't know if I was, you know, prepared for something like that. Um, But the audition came around and I flew to New York and they sent me like 50 pages of material. It was three songs and like seven scenes. And I memorized it all. (laughs) And uh, I came in and I felt as if I'd nailed it. Um, (laughs) And then there was some deliberation process and Basically, I I didn't really want to do the show for for a full year um, because of its you know taxing nature uh, and the things in life you have to give up in order to play a role like this. Um, can't eat cheese. You can't eat cheese. I'm sorry, but I have an addiction to pizza that I <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to returning to didn't one ben day. Didn't Ben recently tweet about cheese? Yes, because now no. he's yes. allowed to eat it because yeah. I've known him now for four years and he hasn't been able to eat cheese. I recall like a Twitter exchange about cheese with Josh Groban. I don't know why that's in my head. That sounds right. That they're cousins. Too. Did you, you know, know they're cousins? No. Yeah. I beat you to it. Damn, damn you, Will. Amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then... Uh, so Taylor Trench, who is replacing me in the show, who comes in in February, uh, his contract in Hello Dolly didn't end until February, and so there was this like magical ten week uh, g- gap that that needed to be filled, and I was sort of like, uh, "Hey, you guys, uh, <laughs> what's up?" <laughs> you wanna- <laughs> and in that voice, yeah. in that and exact <laughs> voice, and they were like, "Whoa." You didn't do that for us at the audition. <laughs> You're cast, bro. Is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I I got to fill this little magical ten week slot. So I'm curious how much of the casting process for you is about chemistry with you two because you're kind of like his onstage like work husband and work wife. I yeah, think yeah, it's it. pretty awkward because we don't like each other at all. Yeah, we hate each other. And hate it just each feels so like much. very stale. Yeah, we definitely didn't need disco a, fries and hot chocolate at midnight last night. Every time I touch his hand, he recoils. No, actually. We love each other. Yeah, it's been. I'm actually amazed at how easy it's been. And I think it's a testament to Noah as a person and his work ethic and the fact that he just came right in and was so prepared. And 
um, we, we only had, I think, like three rehearsals with Michael Greif and just us, just us two. Um, in but the you'd studio. think that would be a part of, you'd think like a chemistry read would be part of the process, totally, but yeah. it in fact is not. So we sort of just yeah. had to come in and just force a, a friendship. Yeah, force it, really. <laughs> Um, but I think it helped that we had known each other before, and so there was already like this comfort and trust that it's not some stranger, it's somebody that I know, and um, and it felt really good. It was really fun to figure it out. They've also been very welcoming. Everybody in this cast has been like incredibly welcoming and warm with me. You know, it's scary being the new kid in a situation like this. I was gonna a say juggern- like a juggernaut such as this show coming into to fill the shoes of Mr. Platt was, you know. Well, I think I think we have a lot of fun. I think also you bring uh, you bring something to it that is that is so critical, which is that you are a uh, like like a smart, uh, you know, well-trained actor with good instincts and good technique. And so like to be on stage with you, uh, you know, we're still I mean, we're, we're just about two weeks in now. Um, and we're still sort of like finessing our back and forth a little bit. And what's great is that like you and I have had I like almost zero conversations about like what we're doing. You know, we've had like a little conversation here and there, but like mostly we just do the work on stage. Yeah. And it's like it all happens very organically, which I think is a testament to the way that you've stepped into the process and, and sort of said like, yeah, like I'm I'm a good smart actor who's going to be good at playing Evan Hansen and and it shows. It's all about the discovery. It is. Yeah. The process. In the, the moment. Game. In the Acting moment. Acting is reacting. That's right. Listening. <laughs> it's all Meisner exercises. Yes and, baby. Day. Yes Two of you should just like leave the stage and start a school right now. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've <laughs> talked about it. Honestly, we've talked about it. Well, like you were saying, Noah, I would think it would be very scary to step into this, not only following Ben, but, you know, okay. stepping into this kind of ensemble that I would imagine is really like a family and like very tight knit. Um, and I wonder, I mean, Laura, you also have kind of stepped into big roles on Broadway before, like with Once. Um, what is that experience like? Is it hard? Is it easy to get into your head about it? Or if you're a confident person, is it easy to just be like, okay, well, now it's my turn and I'm bringing my own spin to this role? I think there's something really helpful, and I haven't really had this with this process, so it's been interesting to see the difference. But um, in the past, every role I've I've always stepped into. Um, so I except for what's it all about, which you saw. But like every role, um, you were able to see the, the whole production of it. So it was, it's easy to see how you can fit into something when you can see the big picture. Whereas in this show, like both Will and I, we've actually never seen the show. So you kind of just have to trust the director and trust that what you're doing is good. And um, so there's kind of that fun aspect to when you're replacing or you know understudying or whatever it is that you actually can see what it is that you're going to be looking like or doing. Um, but yeah, I think that just trusting that you were cast for a reason and doing the work and <laughs> yeah. like that's all you can do and yeah, confidence helps cuz sometimes like when you're stepping in for in my case it was a Tony nominee where and she's brilliant. So you want to you don't want to disappoint. You want it to be good and you want the story to be good. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I disagree. I don't want it to be good. <laughs> I mean, I've been actively sabotaging this production for a number of years now. Um, and despite all my best efforts, it succeeds. So. I think I, you know, I at first when coming into this so deeply wanted to make my performance like as different as possible from Ben's mm-hmm. because he won the Tony, because he is so singular and wonderful in the role. Um, and then upon like receiving the script was very quick to realize that so much of this character, like Stephen Levinson's book is so 
rich textually and I, I i didn't really need to do much on my you know so much of this character lives within his book and lives within his text that there wasn't much like you know mojo that i needed to infuse it with in order to like make it my own um <laughs> yeah it was already like there for the for ripe for the picking i mean yeah it is one of those rare scripts where you can just say the words <laughs> and that's almost enough yeah. cuz it's so even it's the brilliant. the character's little idiosyncrasies the the like his self-editing and his repetition and all of those things are written into the script it might sound like stuttering and silly you know speech on stage but it's very carefully written mm-hmm. well i was curious both you playing him and the two of you watching him what are the are there certain characteristics or moments with Evan that you immediately latched onto that were kind of like a key for you into like, okay, this is going to be like the, the center of my interpretation? Or are there ways that you look at him and see a very different interpretation from what Ben was doing? Your acorn joke. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, 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 the very first, uh, you know, one of the first lines I have in the play is I look at him and I say, what are you, like an acorn? Um, and the, the difference is when I say it to Noah, being the good listening actor that I am, um, I, 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 I sort of took him in um, and I said, oh, look, he's so small. And so now, um, <laughs> unlike with Ben Platt, where I would just look at him and say the word acorn because it was like an empirically funny word. Now I look at Noah and there's like a visual component to the joke. <laughs> the laugh is actually smaller, is but it's richer. acorn-esque. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, yeah, it, it feels like a different, like uh, a different brand of bullying, which... Uh, I think is really wonderful and adds a lot to the play. I think it was, you said it before, Will was like, well, I used to be a bully and now I'm a big bully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the first thing I said. I was like, now I'm so much bigger than him. So it's like, suddenly I'm suddenly I'm a powerful jerk. That and I've always a... considered myself powerful, so I'm glad to be inhabiting the role more completely. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, that's actually really interesting. I'm interested to see how that plays out on stage, just because the physical difference is significant. Have you ever seen a production of The Sound of Music? Yes. There is only one way to communicate which child is which, and it is with their heights. <laughs> yes. It is truly that's like true. Brigida is often older than Liesel, but she's shorter, so she's Brigida. And so you are our Brigida. Honestly, I love that. And I'll <laughs> take that, I'll cherish that forever, and that is what I will use as my motivation the next time I act with you in about four hours. When he when he eventually leaves on his goodbye cake, it can say, you were our Brigida. That's right, that's right. We just had my welcome cake the other day. See, I'm preparing you for the next goodbye cake. Goodbye cake is already ordered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for you, Noah, I mean, were there things that immediately, like, left out at you as like, oh, that's an interesting thing that I want to kind of glom onto or like what were the things about Evan that you most related to or were a way in for you? I don't know. I, I don't know if I relate to him, his like personhood so much because we're very different people. He's like a little meek. He's anxiety ridden and I, I'm not that. I'm like a small fiery individual. Um, in a magenta sweater presently. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sweats, don't you worry. I came comfy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Looking your best for this podcast. You're welcome, yes. listeners at home. <laughs> they told me it wasn't on camera, and I came prepared. <laughs> um, I don't know. The thing that I hit my like in for me was his relationship with his mother. My parents are divorced, and I, you know, while I have a good, lovely relationship with my father, unlike Evan. Um, the thing that we have in common is our strong bond with our single mothers. Um, 
And so that was that was sort of my in at first. Uh, you know, when my parents divorced, but me and my mom's relationship was then heightened and I started living with her solely and it sort of became this like navigation and I think Evan and uh, Heidi go through the same thing this this navigating like friend and and confidant and therapist at times and uh, you know this uh, comrade in arms um, so that was sort of my in Oh, that makes sense. An interesting perspective. Um, I mean, Will, you were sort of getting at this a little bit about how you're still like finding a rhythm amongst each other on stage. And I'm always curious, you know, for actors who have been in a show for a long time, as the two of you have, you know, obviously this is this is not such a bad thing to be in for such a long time. But um, I wonder how you keep it fresh and uh, from night to night. And I would imagine that having a new person added in is like the ultimate sort of jolt that everybody gets to sort of refresh everything. Uh, is that what it feels like? Or? I sort of love this question because I think I get, it's a, it, I get asked this question kind of a lot. And it, and it is um, I think the notion of keeping it fresh is sort of a misnomer mm -hmm. um, because uh, it, I think it has a lot more to do with the sort of rigor of your preparation. So like in our show, we all have like, an, first of all, incredible texts to work with, incredible music to work with, incredible actors to play off of. Um, and then we have like really strong actions to play and, and if one of us were to like phone it in in some way, it would be uh, like utterly catastrophic to the show. Mm. Um, and you know, I think even in like, let's say that we're like two weeks into previews and like, I would say that's pretty fresh. Like that's a fresh moment in the show, but like even in that moment, you're thinking about things that are other than the play all the time in terms of like, am I standing in the right spot? Am I gonna say this new line correctly? Am I going to, you know, this new costume doesn't fit right. Or you know, all these things mm. are sort of always in your performance. So it's about, I, I think, the answer is it's very easy to quote unquote keep it fresh because mm -hmm. the material does the work for you. Um, and the, and you know the, your relationship with the others, other actors on stage does it for you. Like if I came on stage and, and did not like say my lines well, that would be like a huge problem for Noah to have to like, you, you would have to do an incredible, like way more work if I just sort of checked out, but also like, I don't know. It's like it's just that that keeping it fresh idea is sort of a weird thing because you are always in it and distant from it in a way. Mm -hmm. No, it's a hard thing to conceptualize if you're not actually like mm -hmm. in the thick of it. I would imagine everybody agrees with you. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> I too agree. Yeah, sometimes I'm thinking about a sandwich when I'm on stage. No, but very, like very often, very often you're thinking about you know the bullshit in your life that happened that day or you know for me I'm still worried about <laughs> just that first scene there's so many uh musical cues that you have to think of within the text that are you know triggered by the text so I'm 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 thinking about like cueing the band for these things and I, you know, there are a thousand things to be thinking about so it's always fresh not me I'm 100% present all the time <laughs> <laughs> Good I never, I never think about sandwiches. <laughs> Just about disco sandwiches. fries and hot chocolate. I save that for the bows. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're wearing a beret while saying all of this is yeah. just making it so much better. Again, for the listeners at home. <laughs> so Noah, since this was kind of a comeback to musical theater for you, was there like an extra amount of preparation that went into getting ready? I feel like with Ben, all I ever heard about was how horribly wrecking <laughs> the role was. So what is it like for you? So, yeah, um, 
you know, I I came from again. I came from doing like off Broadway theater, a lot of which was very melodramatic. So the <laughs> like the crying and the emotionality of it all wasn't something that was new to me. That's something I felt like pretty comfortable with. Mm. Um, it was mostly the singing that I had to like jump back into. I haven't really done a musical since I was. 19 I did the Great American Mousicle um, which is a musical directed by Julie Andrews uh, up at Goodspeed where we all yes, played Goodspeed. mice um, <laughs> I'm from Connecticut Goodspeed is Holler. a point of pride for us yes. good good um, that's where Michael Park met his oldest and dearest friends they did Shenandoah in 1994 good way to go Goodspeed the year okay, I was yes. born <laughs> <laughs> but that was sort of my last foray into musical theater um, and on my TV show the writers soon uh, it quickly learned that I could sing and they, they utilized that as much as they could um, <laughs> but uh, again in that situation I'm singing like in a booth it was all like heavily edited and I didn't have to ever do anything live um, and so this was <laughs> intense for me having to jump back into like serious vocal work um quit cigarettes uh so no smoking no alcohol no dairy (laughs) um (laughs) he's on that liz kaplan diet on that liz kaplan diet and and i'm now seeing uh, a wonderful vocal teacher who who many of our castmates also see uh named liz kaplan and she has possible future podcast guest oh hey spoiler yes she's the best but she very quickly uh them her and our our musical director uh ben cone our resident musical director ben cone uh He's a current music director, just like I'm a current director. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> they quickly, you know, whip me into shape. So it, it took sounds violent. Multiple, <laughs> it was in a way. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's still taking me a lot to like build up the stamina vocally to to be able to sing this every night. It's mostly the crying and singing. I can do those two things separately, like very well. But the the two at once. It's draining. <laughs> also, I feel Liz would say this, but she always equates, especially what you're doing. But it's like, it, it's like Olympic style athleticism, like what you're doing with your boys, because you have. To, I mean, you have to train for it, and you have to get yeah. your muscles ready, and you have to make sure that you're warmed up, or else you'll hurt yourself. And like, it's no joke. You're not just singing, you know, one or two songs in an evening. You're singing this crazy, hard to sing score, and then acting on top of it. So you're body is tensing in ways that you might not even be aware of i mean this is at least from my experience Mm -hmm. but it's like you have to catch yourself you're like oh why is my arm moving up this high (laughs) and like (laughs) you you have to catch it or else you could hurt yourself yeah vocally it's weird i never thought about the contradictory nature of crying versus singing but yeah one closes your throat and the other (laughs) (laughs) is necessary for your throat to be open (laughs) so they don't necessarily go hand in hand benj and justin (laughs) no no man i hope you're at least getting like some good massages while this is going on oh baby am i (laughs) will roland every night (laughs) right before bed because we're dating in real life i just want to start that rumor (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot happening on this podcast well do you all know that, so last week, the for the first time, there was a Broadway cast song on the Dance Club Songs chart? Yes. Yeah, and it wasn't, even, it wasn't even one of the dance remixes, was it? It was the dance oh, remix, Oh, it was. Yes, okay, good, I was lying Of Waving Through too. a Window. 
which I haven't heard it. Oh yeah. my god! I wish we could play it. It right is now. a jam. Is it? Oh my god! Yeah, a lot of like. You have to. There's three different remixes. That's my manual auto tune. I want to hear a dance remix of Requiem. That's that's super fun and uplifting. I want to sing about my dead brother and just. <laughs> 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 this just makes me want to dance. <laughs> well, yes, you've said it all. It's <laughs> no, no, your rendition is not all that different from the sure. club remix. Sure. But I, I was mostly struck by it's not a very, it's not like sped up. I thought it was gonna have the whole like, and the drop is coming. <laughs> but that doesn't really happen. Um, but I, I was gonna ask if you all had heard it in the club as it were. But well, since we go to the like club that. every night, um, I'm <laughs> really after the show, yeah, we're, at Pasha, <laughs> we're at Pasha like pretty much every night. If you want to like yeah. roll through yeah. Le Bain, like <laughs> what's great is that if you go to the Ritz on a Thursday, they play all four versions of Waving Through a Window back to back, right after Marty Gold coming set. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that answers my question. Well, it's I mean, congratulations to the cast because it's exciting for Broadway and uh, the only other cast alb- uh, like cast song song of a cast that had done it was Stomp. Oh. So oh, you've, wow. added che- you've added Chief Stomp. Hilarious. I I've guess. often, you know, a lot of people say that Dear Evan Hansen is the sort of spiritual successor to Stomp. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, not since Stomp has Broadway seen a musical <laughs> quite like this. Right, in the same percussive based, percussive uh, theater, you know, percussion based theater is Listen, sort of. Got, made got, They're still s- off Broadway. <laughs> yeah. I got sick tap dancing skills. <laughs> I know. We've so, seen you with a broom. Take note. <laughs> Stomp. Uh, no, and you guys just got a Grammy nomination for Cast Album, which is very exciting. Was that what was it like when you all found that out? Were there celebrations? Yeah, it was yeah, really great cool. text, lots of emojis. Um, <laughs> which emojis precisely were um, used? I'll scroll back. It was all the all the vegetable ones. Just all <laughs> oh my god! No, it was really cool. I mean, I think this is such an honor, and we worked really hard on this Cast Album, so it feels really, really special to be nominated. I agree. <laughs> That's the speech. Really it was exciting. an honor to be. Well, I think emojis is how we celebrate in the t- in the twenty first century. I wasn't trying to downplay how exciting. Like when a great thing happens, like who is the most? Think about the most recent time that someone told you they were engaged. Listen. Was there an emoji in the message? Words fail, guys. <laughs> Words fail, and emojis don't. Yeah. Um, but no, we're, we're excited. We get to go, which will be yeah. really cool. Madison Square Garden this year. Yes, yes. I forgot it'll be just down the street for you guys. Oh, yeah. Is it what? I don't even know what day of the week the Grammys is. Is it like your It is dark a Sunday night? evening. It is Sunday, January Excellent. 28th, 7.30 Eastern time. You're on. You're far more on top of this than yeah. I am. Which I already may, had it on which, my calendar Which may or may not. It's a day to celebrate because that may or may not be my final performance, too. Oh well, bye. God. Go to the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Have Jeez. fun alone at the bar, baby. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Eat all the cheese, drink all the beer. <laughs> You're not at bar, you did. So much cheese. So much cheese. I just put on a gown and pretend I'm Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there after. And when they announce, like, if we win, you have to go up and be like, I just so blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Is we that what you think you sound through. like? Yeah, was that exactly. your was that your impression of yourself? That's my impression of Noah as Laura. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool, very cool. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, you guys. This is really fun. Thanks for having us. I'm Happy to be here. excited to see the show again in a couple of days. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you to see it. Thank you for having us. Why should I play the green?
Dara Van Hansen is playing at the Music Box Theater on Broadway. As always, if you enjoy the Billboard on Broadway podcast, please give us nice reviews and stars on iTunes and subscribe. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Rebecca Millsoff. If you'd like to tweet about the podcast, use the hashtag Billboard on Broadway and hope to have you back again next week. Blah, 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 blah.